don't have time to step through our blue doors? That's fine. Just listen. Boys and Girls Clubs of Citrus County's first ever podcast, Club Kids, is coming this February 2020. Hear about it firsthand from some of our club members and staff. Topics will include Youth of the Month, daily activities, sports, staff and member interviews, and much more. Members from our Evelyn Waters Club in Inverness, Central Ridge Club in Beverly Hills, and Robert Helene Club in Homosassa Crystal River will be taking turns hosting weekly so you can hear about the fun we're having at our clubs. Don't forget to follow Boys and Girls Clubs of Citrus County on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page to stay up to date. Tune in next month for our very first episode and learn why we always say that BGC is the place to be. Mr. Mark. And today for BC Storytime, we're going to be taking on the first half of The Case of the Choosy Cheater by Linda Lee Mayfair. Ooh. Yes. So what do you think it's going to be about? I don't know, but I know it has to do something with a cheater. Yeah. Someone so in class. Yeah, so <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to read the first five chapters today. Okay. Chapter one. I'm Darcy J. Doyle. Some of my friends call me Darcy. Some just call me DJ. If I keep on solving important cases, pretty soon everyone will be calling me Darcy J. Doyle, Daring Detective. It's only a matter of time. My last big case started when Mr. Ruiz asked us to turn in our math homework. Mine was missing. I was sure I had put it inside my math book next to the problems I'd done on page 48. I flipped the pages of the book a couple of times, thinking I might have put it in the wrong place. I didn't see it. I turned the book over, held it by the covers, and shook it. A gum wrapper and last week's menu fell out, but no math paper. I held it up over my head and shook it harder. <laughs> what are you doing, Darcy? Mr. Ruiz said. He was standing at my desk and peering down at me. I could feel my face get hot. Uh, looking for my homework, Mr. Ruiz. He shook his head. You know what it means if you don't have it. I did. It was a school rule. If you forgot your homework, you had to stay in at recess and do it over. Fractions aren't the sort of thing I like doing more than once, especially at recess. But I didn't forget it, Mr. Ruiz, I told him. I did it last night. Mom had even checked all my answers for me before my prayers. And I put it in here this morning, Mr. Ruiz. I shook the book again. I, I know I did. Rules are rules, Darcy. He walked back to the front of the room and called people up to do math problems on the blackboard. I went through my math book, page by page. Nothing. Maybe you left it at home on the table or something, DJ, my friend Mandy suggested. I shook my head. Mom always checks to see if we've forgotten anything, I said. My brother, Alan, would forget to wear shoes, and I would never take his lunchbox if Mom didn't remind him. Josh walked by on his way to the board to do a problem. He said, maybe you lost on the bus. I closed my book with a loud laugh. I don't ride the bus, I said. <laughs> Maybe it fell out of the book on the way to school, Leon said. I shook my head again. I had my book in my book bag, and I emptied the book bag in my homeroom this morning. Maybe she just didn't do it, Perry said. Last time she didn't have it, she said her dog ate it. I gave him one of my looks. My dog, Max, had eaten it last time. He'd also eaten a gym sock and a candy bar I'd hidden under my bed. But I knew he hadn't eaten it this time. 
put up my hand. I, I can't stay in at recess, Mr. Ruiz. We have a softball game. We're tied with the goal team. I'm supposed to catch, and my team will be one short if I don't play. Mr. Ruiz didn't care. You should have thought about that when you forgot to do your homework, he said. <laughs> An hour later, I was sitting in the library, doing fractions, trying to ignore the shouts coming from the softball team. Terry was sitting on one side, working on her social studies map, and Matt was sitting on the other, writing his spelling words five times each. Neither one looked any happier than I was. What are you here for? Matt asked when the librarian, Mr. Wilcox, wasn't looking. Forgetting my math, I whispered back, I did it, but I couldn't find it when I got to class. Mr. Wilcox looked up from the book he was reading. I did a couple of fractions. One half plus three fourths. One and one third minus two thirds. Matt waited for Mr. Wilcox to go back to reading. That's funny, DJ. My spelling was gone too. Disappeared right out of my book bag. And I had my map all finished, Terry said. Three papers missing, I said. Ooh. That's weird. It's a mystery, Matt said softly. Terry grinned. Or a major crime wave at Bayside Elementary. I looked up from my fractions and smiled. Either way, it's a perfect case for Darcy J. Doyle, daring detective, I said a little too loudly. Sometimes daring detective work can be dangerous. Mr. Wilcox came over and told me he'd see me tomorrow at recess, too. Mm, oh, man. Oh, man. Chapter 2. My brother Alan saw me putting my notebook into my book bag. He groaned. He was eating an orange, letting the juice run between his fingers and down his arm. I ignored him. What is it this time, he said, wiping his hand on his clean t-shirt. Somebody loses lunch money? It's a crime wave, I told him. The only kind of waves he knew were at the beach. A what, he said. <laughs> Three kids had homework mystery yesterday. Matt, Terry, and me. Maybe Max ate it again, Alan laughed. He wouldn't think it was so funny if Max ate his homework. I gave him one of my looks. He started packing his own book bag. Who hired you, he asked. Matt? I shook my head. Matt hadn't exactly jumped at the chance when I'd offer him my services. You gotta be kidding, he'd said. Alan was rooting through his lunchbox to see what Mom had packed for him. He made a face at the bologna and cheese sandwich. Then Terry did, he asked. Terry thought my new, regular $2 fee was way too expensive. She wouldn't even go for my super discount rate for fifth grade girls. 50 cents. No, not exactly. Every once in a while, when you least expect it, Alan's brain actually works. <laughs> he laughed again louder. You hired yourself? What was so funny about that? This case was important to me. I missed recess. My team lost the softball game. And I had to do my fractions twice. Are you wearing those slippers to school? I asked him. They were neon green and had comic book heroes all over them. <sighs> I should have let him wear them. He was still laughing all the way to his bedroom. I checked my homework twice, once before I left for school, and again when I unpacked my books in homeroom. It was all there. In fact, nobody had homework missing but Sammy Lee, and his wasn't really missing. He spilled a can of soda all over it, and his mother had thrown it away. I was sort of disappointed that this crime wave was over already. Then, <laughs> on Wednesday, Mandy couldn't find her science word sheet. Uh-oh. I know it had this. I had it this morning, Mr. Ruiz, she said. I looked up the last word in the library before school. Mr. Ruiz wasn't any more helpful about science than he had been about math. Mm -hmm. And Miss Woodson didn't take any excuses when Nick's essay turned up missing in language arts.
The two of them were sitting at the library at recess while the rest of us watched Nick's team get creamed by the goal team. Oh. I sat on the bleachers, my notebook in my lap, my pencil in my hand, not paying much attention to the game. What's so interesting, Miss Woodson asked me. I told her about the big crime wave. It's up to five now, Miss Woodson. I made a face at my notebook. And it doesn't make any sense. I showed her my notes. Monday, Matt, spelling, in book bag. Terry, social studies, in closet, folder. Darcy, math, in book, on desk. Wednesday, Mandy, science, in notebook, in library. Nick, language arts, in jacket pocket, in closet. Miss Woodson made the same sort of face at the notebook that I had made. Well, she smiled. I'm sure if anybody can figure it out, you can. You solved the case of the pampered poodle, didn't you? In fact, she took her wallet out of her purse. I'd like to hire you. Somebody's causing a lot of trouble. I'd like you to get to the bottom of this crime wave. What Again. do you charge? <laughs> I couldn't wait to tell Alan. Uh, $2, $2, I said. Miss Woodson didn't gasp, scowl, or laugh at the way most people did when I told them my fee. Very reasonable, she said, handing me a dollar. Half now, and half when the case is solved. Isn't that the way it's done? I was, it was, and I thanked her and I slipped the dollar into the pocket of my jeans. I only hoped I wouldn't disappoint her. I pointed to my notes again. Any ideas, Mrs. Woodson, I asked her. She laughed, oh, I'm not very good at solving puzzles. That's why I hired Darcy J. Doyle, Daring Detective. I always liked Mrs. Woodson. <laughs> All right, chapter three. The homework bandit, as I now described him, didn't strike again until Friday. This time, Andy Malone's fractions were missing, even though he claimed he'd done them that morning. His name went on the no recess list. But Mr. Ruiz, Andy said, I'm pitching today. I knew exactly how he felt. He didn't get any further with Mr. Ruiz than Mandy and I had. You won't pitch from the library, Andrew, Mr. Louise told him. Then, during language arts class, Cheryl Klein's tree poem was missing. She only got out of missing recess because she recited it word for word to prove she'd done it. Trees are green, trees are tall, their leaves are red and gold. They help us breathe and give us wood and live to 100 years old. I showed my notes to Miss Woodson again at recess during the softball game with the new additions. Friday, Andy, math. In book, in desk. Cheryl, language arts, in book bag, in closet. What do you think? Miss Woodson asked me. I don't know what to think, but daring detectives don't like to admit that sort of thing to clients, especially clients who happen to be teachers who already paid them a dollar. Uh, well, all the papers were taken out of books or desks or the closets, I said. She nodded. So it has to be somebody who has access to all of those places. I frowned. That's the whole fifth grade, both classes, Mrs. Woodson. Our homeroom had math and science with Mr. Ruiz. His homeroom had language arts and social studies with Miss Woodson. Everybody had access to the books, desks, and closets in both places. Doesn't help much, does it, Miss Woodson said. I shook my head. But there has to be a pattern here somewhere. I just haven't found it yet. I stared at the notes again, wishing the answer would jump right out at me. It didn't. I wonder why the cheers from the softball team drowned out my question. Perry Alexander and Theo Mitchell ran by me. Gold, gold, gold! They seemed real anxious to get back to their classes for a change. Poor Andy. Missing recess was bad enough without having a couple of guys brag about how they wiped out your team while you weren't there. <laughs> I know. Perry and Theo had done the same thing to me. What I need 
I told Nancy on home, the way home that afternoon, is a motive. She was softening up a wad of bubble gum, getting ready to try a couple of bubbles. Hmm? When you're best friends with Mandy, you learn to speak in bubble gum. I nodded. <laughs> motive. You know, the reason the homework bandit is taking all these papers? She blew a medium-sized bubble, then drew it back into her mouth. She suggested. I thought of that. I shook my head. Somebody might not do this homework. Might somebody might not do his homework now and then. But nobody wouldn't do that much that often, or all those subjects at once. Besides, some of the papers were from Mr. Louise's classes, and some were from ours. Our homework's not always the same. The next bubble was bigger. Not bad, I said. Mandy smiled behind the bubble, drew it in, and softened the wad up again. I thought about it and shook my head again. Who would be mad at so many of us? I asked. I counted them off. Matt, Terry, you, Nick, Andy, Cheryl, me. It looked pretty hopeless. Seven people had homework missing. Seven people who didn't have a whole lot in common. Mandy huffed out a gigantic purple bubble. Mandy, I warned. She didn't listen. She was being what my dad called overconfident. Huff, huff, huff. The bubble got bigger. Mandy, I think you're going a little too far with that. It took us a half hour to get the bubble gum out of her hair. Oh, man. Oh, man. Chapter four. It was this big. We were sitting in our favorite booth at the Bayside Family Restaurant, where we ate every Sunday after church. We'd finished discussing Pastor Jordan's sermon, and we're talking about my big case. I made a wide circle with the fingers of both hands to describe Mandy's bubble to Alan. Dad glanced up from his Belgian waffles. He didn't seem very impressed by the size of Mandy's bubble, but his eyes did kind of sparkle when I described how it exploded. Don't laugh with your mouth full of eggs, Alan, he said. It's rude. Dad turned to me and I tried to stifle a giggle. Maybe your homework bandit will get overconfident too, he suggested. Maybe this whole crime wave will blow up in his face. Or hers, Mom put in. Couldn't be a girl, Albert sprinkled more pepper on his already black eggs. Too smart. Mom gave him one of her looks. <laughs> Not as smart as Darcy Doyle, she looked at me. Uh, daring, Mom? I said, Darcy J. Doyle, daring detective. Why couldn't anybody remember it? Darcy J. Doyle, daring detective, hasn't figured it out yet, has she? Alan said. Mom gave me a confident smile. She will. I hope she was right. Right now, it didn't seem too likely. I wrote, overconfident? question mark in my notebook and stared at my notes. The trouble is there's no pattern, Mom. The detectives I read about in my mystery books were big on patterns. The thief strikes one day, then not the next. He takes boys' papers and girls' papers. Some of us in Mr. Louise's class, some of us as Miss Woodson's. I scoured the list. If I was going to take homework papers, I sure wouldn't take Nick's language arts or my fractions. He's about as good at writing essays as I am at adding three-fourths and two-thirds. Dad wiped a dab of whipped cream off his upper lip with his napkin. I would have just licked it off myself, but Dad's as big of good table manners as Dairy Texas are in their patterns. <laughs> there has to be some kind of reason he took those papers, Darcy, he said. You find that reason and you might get somewhere. Made sense. Mm -hmm. I added reason for those papers, question mark, to my notes, and I thought about it over a couple bites of pancakes. Why us? Two of us were in the band. Three of us were on the newspaper staff, and Andy and Nick and I had all missed. Woohoo! I yelled. Everybody turned and stared at me. Mom's mouth fell open. Dad's face turned a little pale. 
Alan even stopped stuffing himself with hash browns. Crack seven. I felt my face go hot. Um, I found the connection. Dad, you know, the, the motive. Mom, the motive? I found it. Uh, I waited for the lecture about working on a case and reading at the table and shouting, whoopee, at the Bayside Family Restaurant. Pass me the sugar, will you, John? Mom asked. Certainly, dear, he said. <laughs> Chapter 5. I told Nick and Andy my idea out on the playground before school on Monday morning. They didn't exactly congratulate me on my great detective work. You're all wet, Darcy, Andy told me. Nick nodded in agreement. What makes you think it's somebody on the gold team anyways, he said. The homework thief only strikes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? I smiled proudly, but they didn't get it. You know, the days we play softball. Mm. What about Mandy and Matt, Nick asked. They had homework taken on their teams weren't playing on that day. What about Cheryl and Terry, Andy asked. They don't play softball at all. I had that figured out. I was sure of it. Diversions, I said. I smiled proudly again. They didn't get it this time either. You know, diversions. I said phony clues, false trails, a few extra victims to throw us off. That's why there wasn't any pattern. Pattern, Andy said, as if I were speaking Chinese. I glanced at my watch and sighed. There wasn't much time before the last bell. I explained the whole thing to them again. How every day that we played softball, somebody had homework taken. And every time homework was taken, somebody who was going to play the goal team didn't get to play. And every time one of those key players stayed in for recess, the goal team won. The thief wasn't interested in the homework at all. Just the kids who did it, I said. We didn't have a homework bandit. We had a choosy cheater. Mm. I don't know, Darcy, Nick told me. Some of the homework was taken in Mr. Luis's room and some in Mrs. Woodson's. Nobody on the goal team could have gotten all of those papers. He might have had a point. I thought it over as we made our way through the front door and down the hall past the office. Maybe we're not looking for one choosy cheater. I said, maybe we're looking for a couple of them. Mm. That would explain how so many papers turned up missing in both places. Nick still didn't buy it. Maybe it's a whole gang, he said, like Jesse James. We've been studying the Old West in social studies. Yeah, Annie said, poking Nick in the ribs as if it was the best joke he heard in years. Maybe everybody on the gold team was a homework bandit. I would have given them one of my looks, but they turned down the hall toward Mr. Ruiz's homeroom, laughing all the way. I followed Mandy to Mrs. Woodson's room and back into the coat closet. Do you think I'm all wet? She pretended to be taking books out of her book bag. Well, she said, talking more to the books than me, I think it might be a good idea if you had a little proof before you told Miss Woodson this idea of yours. I hung my book bag on the hook next to hers. I was annoyed. I was right, and I knew it. It's Monday, and my team plays gold team today, I said. We'll see who's all wet when somebody from my team ends up with missing homework and we lose the game. A few hours later, I was shaking hands with the kids on the gold team. Good game, we told one another as we filed by. Perry Alexander squeezed my hand hard. You look real disappointed about something, Darcy, he grinned at me. Theo Mitchell didn't even shake my hand. He just smiled, a smug, mean little smile. It was almost as bad as the last time we played them and they gloated about my missing the game. The worst of it was that I was disappointed. It was Monday, but nobody had any homework missing. None of my teammates had to stay in at recess. We even won eight to seven. Instead of being happy, I was worried. Maybe Jarcy J. Doyle, daring detective, 
was wet after all. Mm. All right, so that was the first five chapters of this book. What do we think so far? I'm excited. I really want to find out who it is. Yeah, I really want to know what's going on. Yeah. You know? Do you have any theories? Well, and th that's the thing is they had a good a good point of, you know, maybe it is more than one person. And, you know, now now thinking about it, it could be more than one person. Now they have me on that now. I was I like, know. it's not one person. It's Definitely have to get to the people. bottom of this. That gold team is suspicious. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm excited. All right. <laughs> we'll see everybody soon for part two, okay? Bye. Bye, guys.